Hello friends and welcome back after an unbelievably long hiatus. Um, really shouldn't have been this long. I am so sorry guys. Um, basically life got in the way. Um, vacation and essentially wanted to record one of these episodes before. Um, ended up doing it after vacation and totally lost the file just due to corruption and, you know, typical reliance on computers. Uh, damn you computers, why don't you work all of the time? Either way, um, so happy to be back. Um, vacation is a wonderful way to totally, you know, realign, uh, all your priorities, you know, basically get your ducks in a row, for lack of a better word. And what a better place to do it in. I was in fucking Ireland for like two weeks. My God, I love that country. Ireland, I love you. I love you. I love you. I've left my heart there for sure in those roaming, beautiful green hills. Um, it is just picturesque. It is beautiful and it is stunning. Um, and to my listeners in the area, uh, I love your country and to the one that sends me tea and crisps, um, you would be my absolute hero. Not trying to be specific, but cheese and onion and berries tea. My God, I just fell in love. Could live off of that, um, you know, with steak and Guinness pie for dessert. Um, life would be complete. But um, either way, um, <clears throat> so happy to be back with you guys. And going to talk about uh, two two films today. Um, two very separate films, essentially, in the way the realm of my life goes, watched the one just before I left and the one on the flight. Um, and essentially just wanted to combine the two and give you guys an awesome treat. So let's start with the, the film I watched just before I left. It's amazing to meet you. It is simply extraordinary. Maybe this will all make sense if I explain who I am. My name is Dr. Ellie Staple, and I'm a psychiatrist. My work concerns a particular type of delusion of grandeur. It's a growing field. I specialize in those individuals who believe they are superheroes. <laughs> Good for you. The three of you have convinced yourselves you have extraordinary gifts like something out of a comic book. David Dunn, the only person to survive that train wreck all those years ago. What do you do? I'm in security. You think you have superpowers? It's a feeling. Vision. I have to touch them. You believe you are a protector. My name is Patricia. I have no question. There are two dozen identities. I'm Mary Reynolds. Por favor, senora. We almost got you, bro. That live in that body with you. The beast. It's coming any minute now for you guys. But what I am questioning is your belief that you are something more than human. And yet, it is true. My bones break easily. I've hit 94 breaks in my life. But you have an extraordinary IQ. This is not a cartoon. This is the real world. No way and yet some of us 
still don't die with bullets. Some of us can still bend steel. I've been waiting for the world to see that we exist. May I meet the beast? I hope for your sake that he likes you. That sounds like the bad guys teaming up. A lot of people are going to die. Don't do this. That's right, guys. We dove into the mind of M. Night Shyamalan and uh, the final to his uh, pretty unique trilogy, I have to say. Um, The idea of tying together Unbreakable, Split, and of course Glass, um, and having this sort of new realm of superheroes created in a heavily, heavily dominated Marvel universe. It's... um, just wonderful. It, it, perhaps that's why I enjoyed it so much um, in, in that retrospect. But when you do look at the film itself, the cast that it has, the characters um, that he had created, it does fall somewhat flat. Um, so diving straight into the film, um, as I said, we're looking at the tie-in to Unbreakable and Split. This is the final to the trilogy. Bruce Willis, Samuel L. Jackson, Spencer Treat Clark, Charlene Woodward, James McAvoy, Anna Taylor-Joy, they're all back and Sarah Paulson is going to join alongside to, you know, deliver a pretty lackluster performance for lack of a better word but essentially we tie the three characters together in an institution led by dr ellie staple essentially she is studying men who believe they are superheroes um and the film does a really great job um making you the viewer really feel that like these guys are all you know nuts um and you know you're just sort of along for the ride to see that it isn't so much the case and just like a typical M. Night film he knocks it out of a park with a a fun little twist for lack of a better word so we're tying the characters together you know there's definitely a rise in action but I will admit this sort of center area of the film it's pretty dull in the grand scheme of things um you know we're trying to basically create connections to each of these characters if you haven't seen the other two films and it doesn't really do it justice Uh, for instance for me a big tie-in point something that really ties me in is james mcavoy's kevin wendell crumb and the horde um you know, these 23 different personalities, uh, the 24th being the Beast, slammed together is a very interesting character and they didn't really give him the time of day that he basically deserves, in my opinion. Um, Samuel L. Jackson, um, Bruce Willis, I feel like Bruce is a little bit out of the game right now. Um, I don't have the tie-in. I have not watched Unbreakable. I know I'm committing a crime. Um, I'm basically one of the people I'm just complaining about, but I did not pick up the same connection um, to these guys that I'm sure Unbreakable viewers have. have. Um, And as I said, 
though I'm not sure if the film did a good job even relaying that in the first place, um, because it definitely didn't give James McAvoy the time of day from Split. Um, but lo and behold, spoiler alert, we're going to dive straight into the ending here. Um, we come down to this final showdown to find out Elijah has a huge elaborate plan, thinking he's going to blow up a building around the corner. It turns out, no, he's basically publicizing the existence of superheroes online um and essentially this is all done under uh the doctor's uh, doctor staples nose um and she comes to find this out at the end her main goal is to keep this all a secret so no one knows about the existence of superheroes um as she puts it gods among men um and honestly the ending is probably where i was like oh what um you know i actually was very tied into the film at that point but as I said the rising action is pretty dull um in the grand scheme of things um but as always James McAvoy I love watching these this run through of characters Patricia is always one of my favorites um and M. Night Shyamalan's little uh, cameo reprisal role of Jay the security guard um from Split good to see him you know it was kind of funny and uh, definitely enjoyed the sort of tie-in of him asking for security from our other two characters so um basically sequels for this kind of started around 2000 but I did find out that Split actually was going to just be a whole tie-in to Unbreakable but M. Night just couldn't make it work he didn't think that it would have the same pizzazz um so essentially it became two separate films um but if it Split didn't end up being sort of the box office success that it was, not the critical success, then I really don't think we would have seen Glass come out. Um, it, it just essentially, when you look at the numbers and then what the reviewers had to say, both films aren't doing so hot. Um, but box office wise, um, when you look at Glass, I mean, it grossed uh, 111 million um, and you were running that against a budget of 20 million. Um, 111 million only in the US and Canada. We're not talking about other territories or worldwide. So that's a box office success. Um, and basically Split did very similar. So as I said, I don't think you would have seen the tie-in altogether, um, but I'm so glad that they did because, as I said, this Marvel-populated universe, the fact that Comic-Cons um, around the world are big things, just kind of cool to see this like sort of dark twist on the horror genre I should say horror genre, the superhero genre to see this dark horror like twist. Um, and I want to see more of it. So perhaps this could be the, uh, the push I finally need to go see Brightburn. Um, now looking, as I said, this is not a critical success reviews. Basically, you know, it's pretty lackluster. Um, one of which, uh, that stood out to me was David, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Alec of IndieWire giving this film a C minus, saying the trouble with it is its creator sees his own reflection at every turn. And basically, the guy goes on to compare uh, the film as the many stages of uh, M. Night Shyamalan's turbulent, turbulent career. So, pretty harsh burn. Um, I can't say that I felt that bad about it I thought it was pretty good in the grand scheme of things it was the perfect film to kick off my vacation um you know it just it's it was it was just sort of this perfect dark twist on something that's always been sort of light-hearted now I will admit Kevin Crumb's story especially the ending for him broke my heart the poor poor kid um and the eventual poor man himself it just altogether it's just an awful thing to wish upon anybody um 
And uh, Dr. Staples, Sarah Paulson, I just absolutely love her. Anything that woman does is just pure gold to me. So I didn't, you know, I don't think she could do any wrong in my eyes. Perhaps I'm the wrong person to, to give her any sort of review. Um, but as I was saying, guys, this isn't a waste of time. You will enjoy it um, if you decide to, to uh, essentially, you know, waste a rainy day or perhaps you just don't feel like doing anything at all uh i do recommend it um giving it you know a solid sort of c plus b minus now moving on very quickly guys um wanted to basically summarize my flight home you want to make quick enemies with the person you're flying beside or and your fellow passengers put on the only scary movie that is on the airplane um even though it was heavily edited uh i still couldn't help but get dirty looks from the person beside me it I you know and it's kind of funny because the grand scheme of things this film wasn't heavily reliant on gore you know we're essentially looking at something that's more jump scares so without further ado Trisha, I'm very sorry about your loss I can't even imagine how you must feel your children are safe now but have they heard her crying have they felt the sting of her tears they will and she will come for them who la Jordana. So I'm going to cut it off there because essentially we're going to go through a whole lot of that. To me, what sounded like midsummer music. Maybe I'm, I'm just hallucinating. Um, but that's right, guys. We're diving into 1970s again. It's the Conjuring Universe. The Curse of La Lorena or La Lorona. Can't never pronounce it correctly. Um, and essentially introduced to this legend, um, you know, woman married to a rich nobleman comes to find out that the rich nobleman is cheating on her and the ultimate revenge, she kills the children, uh, the two that they share, uh, realizing what horror she's committed, kills herself and spend eternity looking for kids to replace them. Um, and, you know, we're given this idea that the children are raised with the concept that if you're bad she will steal you she will you know kill you so on so forth um so we're introduced to our trifecta our family the recently widowed social worker anna and her two kids sam and chris um and they're quickly tied into the curse um after what some of anna's cases or some of anna's cases wow that sounds hard two very cute young boys um one of anna's cases um are found dead and essentially um Chris and Sam are there to on the site not to Anna's fault I mean she is a single mother what does she do with her children and they hear the cry so they run off um and lo and behold there she is and they they are quickly possessed by this curse um and so is the family and sort of you know tied into this interesting realm of science uh, versus religion or science and religion as they sort of battle her to the very end. Um, good fun, definitely kind of that sort of thing you needed for a flight home. Um, but as I said, this isn't a gore film. This isn't that sort of thing. You're really, what this film is relying on is 
the uh, atmosphere that it creates to build tension as well as the jump scares so if you're looking for curtains to rustle and to basically get completely spooked this is the film for you um but like i said you know i've said before this isn't typically my favorite genre um i'm not a jump scare person not that i'm easily jump scared it's just you kind of know when it's coming when you've seen enough of these. So I prefer something that builds tension on, you know, the idea of you really don't know what's going to happen next. So I'm going to give this like a, a C minus altogether. I didn't think it was all that bad, though, um, you know, for a good fun 90 minutes with nothing else to do. This this did occupy my time nicely. Now, released April 17th, 2019, and it's kind of interesting to see that the uh, studio, Warner Brothers, denied its connection to the Conjuring universe. And again, this all has to do with the success of the film. And I think they denied it originally, not knowing it would be a box office success. So budget-wise, we're looking at $9 million to make this film. It doesn't it looked like it's done very well at all in a critical succession, um, but essentially, box office wise, made one hundred and twenty three point one million. That's huge considering this film is not that great. Um, so I just thought that was very interesting. But um, you know, it's kind of amazing to think uh, what has come from the Conjuring universe, uh, and hopefully though they'll come out with something a little bit better. So guys, thank you all for listening to this double feature. I'm so sorry again for the long hiatus, but I hope you enjoyed tagging along to hear um, my thoughts on these two films. Now, as always, guys, um, if you want to reach out to me, let me know something, something I should update, something I should check out. Reach out to me on Instagram and Twitter. I do believe each and every single one of you needs to swing on to Etsy right away and check out Beardly.Designs as well as Bogue and Bean. These guys have some of the coolest designs around. Beardly, in fact, has just offered some of the like most amazing shining flip-flops. Um, it's basically got the carpet design. It is so so cool uh and use creeper 10 you can get some mad discounts at checkout um and uh, guys this is totally unrelated to movies altogether but recently checked out the book bitten the secret history of lyme disease and biological weapons by chris newby i think everyone needs to hear this it is it's some a non-fiction piece um that's opening some very interesting uh concepts some conspiracy theory doors that you would not have heard before. So I highly, highly recommend everyone should check it out straight away. Um, as well, when you're checking, uh, checking out the book, I highly recommend you should swing over and check out the podcast I recently did with a uh, close friend, Rob. It is uh, movies and stuff with Rob and friends. Um, the guy's got an amazing killer repertoire with some other just wicked guess. It's some good fun and I highly recommend you should check it out. Um, so guys, as always, um, you know, I can't thank you enough for listening. Um, it just means the world to me and remember to always keep calm and stay creepy.